The following episode deals with the subject matter of death, and more pointedly, death by committing suicide. Now, this act of ending one's life happens all too frequently in a deathly quiet forest in Japan known as the Suicide Forest. Now, because of the nature of this episode, the term and subject matter of suicide will be used and discussed throughout its entirety. So for anyone who may be struggling with the thought of committing or dealing with the loss of someone due to the act of suicide, it's my hope that you find the answers and the peace that you need to be happy and healthy again. And because of the nature of this episode, it is not recommended for children under the age of 13 to listen to or view this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Bearded Gal Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode we've got for you today. It's dealing with a, a pretty dark subject matter, but, you know, there's a lot of history behind the Japanese suicide forest, and we're going to get into some of that on this episode. And the topic of the suicide forest has really interested me for, I mean, quite some time now. And if you're like me, you've seen the movie The Forest, which was released in January of 2016. Now, this movie is a creepy thrill ride depicting a sister's search for her sister. And in the process of her search, it is determined that she has gone into the so-called Sea of Trees and has not returned. Now, the storyline in the movie sets the scene for a really scary ride that's just around the corner. And of course, as always, Hollywood takes a lot of creative license when dealing with creepy geographic locations and a topic like suicide. You know, this topic of suicide has set the scene for many a scary movie's intro because nothing gives us that uneasy feeling quite like this act does. And now, any movie has one job to accomplish, and that's to sell the story playing out on the silver screen. And the formula is simple. No story, no ticket sales. Now, this movie was awesome, by the way, but it's a bit slow at times, but the visuals and jump scares were enough to keep you invested until the very end. Now, because of this movie, I wanted to learn more about the history and the story and the legend and lore behind this place called the Sea of Trees. I mean, surely there must be a different side to this place that has its claim to fame rooted in the loss of life, pain, and despair. And unfortunately, what I found, the beauty and serenity of the forest itself is marred by the shadow of death that hangs over it like a sinister fog covering every corner of the place. And the further we get into this episode, we're going to really take a closer look at the place that many have made their final destination on this rock we call home. Now, there are a lot of questions that I'm sure most people might have when the topic of the forest comes up. You know, what is the place really like? Is there nothing more than the promise of death to all who enter? And what has made this particular landmass of trees so popular with those wanting to end their lives? The proper name for the forest is the Aokigahara and is situated on the northwestern side of Mount Fuji. And what makes the forest interesting is that the ground that the trees and the other vegetation grow in is made up of 12 square miles of hardened lava from Mount Fuji's last eruption in 864 CE. Now, because of this eruption, the lava flowed, and as it flowed and cooled, it formed the landmass that makes up the forest floor. And also, as the lava cooled and settled, it created caverns and caves within the winding tree root riddled forest. 
and the caves are said to hold water and be frozen over for the better part of the year. The local people call the place Jukai, which translate to mean Sea of Trees, and for very good reason. The sheer density of trees that grow in the area is nothing short of amazing, and the dominant tree in the region is the Abies vietchi, or the Vietch silver fir. Now, the tree itself is dense in structure, with flattened, needle-like leaves that are dark green and have a glossy sheen to them. Now, there are also other various conifers and tree species that grow in and thrive in the area. Interesting to note is that because the topsoil layer is very thin, the floor of the forest is covered with roots that grow out of and twist and turn across the forest floor in a crazy kaleidoscope of shapes. And there is also a multitude of flowering plant life, shrubs, and other vegetation that grow in and thrive in the area. And to me, the thought of life flourishing from a place of death and despair is almost a contradiction in itself. And it makes you wonder how a place like this could even exist and be associated with something so terrifying and heartbreaking. Now, the forest is also home to more than just trees and plant life. There are a number of animals that call the Aokigahara home. There are rabbits and squirrels, Asian black bears, moles, bats, woodpeckers, and countless other bird varieties. Now, even though there are animals that call the place home, their scarce numbers are such that the forest is quiet and seems to be void of any other life. The silence is described by some as eerie, and it may be a little disquieting given that there is known life scurrying about the forest, but it goes mostly unheard and unseen. If the quiet of silence is your thing, then the forest is an ideal place for you. The dense lava floor acts as a sound absorption panel, and couple that with the density of the vegetation and dense growing treetops, and you have a situation where sound is naturally minimized or blocked completely. It is said that even when the wind is blowing, it is minimized to near nothing because of the trees. And I imagine this in itself is enough to create an eerie feeling to the place, especially if you venture in alone, and even more so as the setting sun makes its way to its nightly slumber. So now that we have a pretty good understanding of the, the geography of the place and the dense forest and the vegetation and animals, this next part of the story is going to be dealing with the, the act of suicide itself. And sadly, not only in the States, but in other countries, there is a culture of suicide. And trying to determine why anyone decides to end their own life is hard to understand. It's even harder to imagine what brings anyone to this point in their lives when they feel all hope is lost and feel that their problems and issues are bigger than any solution to be had. You know, it's in those times that the only thing we can do is try to understand and offer support. And then there are those times when we need to just shut up and listen to someone else who feels this way on the inside instead of us talking on incessantly and trying to offer the solution to problems that they can't figure out. In Japan, the act of suicide is not illegal, as it is here in the States. To the Japanese people, it has been viewed mostly as a moral responsibility or an action to be tolerated. Statistically, the suicide rates in Japan are astonishing, to say the least. In 2009, the rates peaked due to a financial hardship caused by a major recession. And by some estimates, it states that it was the worst recession since World War II. In 2009, the rate was 25.7 deaths per 100,000 people in the population. 
And in 2018, that number tapered off a good bit with the rate peaking at 16.5 per 100,000 people. While the number has dropped considerably, Japan still has the distinction of being in the top 10 countries with high suicide rates. The causes listed for the suicides are varied, but depression, anxiety, and loneliness are listed as being some of the top reasons for the suicides, which is not limited to one gender or the other, but men, however, do account for the majority of the suicides carried out each year in Japan. And sadly, trying to determine rhyme or reason as to why anyone decides to end their own life is so very hard for us to understand. So you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to begin to make your dream podcast a reality. Well, there is a way to get your idea out to a listening audience. It's fast, simple, and it's one-stop shopping for all of your podcasting needs. It's Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. And Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. No fancy software needed. Anchor's creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so that your end result is professional sounding and ready to share with the world. Also, at no cost to you, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and more. Also, you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. But why commit suicide here in this lonely, quiet forest? You know, there is some history behind the reasoning for the decision to end one's life in the Aokigahara Forest. The historical legend, depending on who you ask, is that the forest gained notoriety as the place to commit suicide due to a novel written by Seiko Matsumoto called Kuroi Jukai. Simply translated, this means Black Sea of Trees. Now, I can't tell you the story or what it's about because there are said to be no English translations of the novel. But what I do know based on searching around is this. At the end of the novel, two lovers commit suicide in the Aokigahara Forest. And what's funny to me is that for some reason, we humans have this odd obsession with romanticizing things and doing them because we want to do as others have done. I mean, the novel could be a factor in why some venture there to end their lives, but there are others that say no. Reportedly, people have been committing suicide in the forest well before the publishing of the novel in 1960. And I think the reason for that is simple. Due to the natural dense landscape of the place, it's easy to get lost in the forest. And because of this, it's harder to be found. And because it's harder to be found, even in this act of desperation, this final act, this act of suicide, those that commit this are still trying to spare their loved ones the pain and grief and the shame of finding their lifeless bodies. And so the forest to them is the natural place to go and spend their final moments on this earth. There is also another use for the suicide forest. Now this one's according to legend and folklore, and it's called the practice of Ubatsut. Folklore has it that during the times of financial or other hardships, it was imperative that the family find a way to survive during these times of hardship. Now, one way was to abandon the elderly or sickly to die alone, lessening the hardships felt by the stronger remaining members of the family. And to die alone, they would take their family members to the forest and leave them there 
in their final days or moments. Now, of course, this is only, you know, legend to have happened. But with any legend or story, there is some fair amount of truth that always follows along and is closely related to the story being told. Knowing that the forest is the the place where people go to commit suicide is terrifying and heartbreaking all at the same time. But what is it that makes it so scary for us that are still alive? What is it about this forest that, that instills terror and fear in us? It's what hides in the woods that instills that fear. Now, the common belief is that the forest is, of course, haunted, and that the forest is a home to a variety of what we call ghosts. Now, the Japanese have another name for these specters that inhabit this lonely, quiet place. It is said that the primary spirits that inhabit the forest are what are called yurei, which are deeply rooted in the legend and folklore of the Japanese culture. Now, the name yurei comes from two separate words, yu, which means faint, and rei, which means the soul or spirit. And really, all cultures believe in the afterlife in one form or the other, whether the spirit goes on to heaven or is reincarnated into another form or, insert your own belief here, the Japanese have a similar belief, but if the circumstances of one's death are not in order, the destiny of one's spirit will have a very different outcome in the afterlife. When we think of the act of dying, we have a mindset that death is a final rest from the trials and troubles of this life. You know, the tired and weary days will be behind us, and a trouble-free eternity is stretched out before us. You know, we may worry about what happens to those left behind in our passing, but the thought of laying down our cares and just being has a certain appeal to most everyone. Now, traditional Japanese beliefs hold that when a person dies, their soul or spirit enters a purgatory. And the soul stays in this holding pattern of sorts until a funeral or the last rites are performed for the deceased. And once the funeral and last rites are performed, the soul is then allowed to leave purgatory and joins their ancestors in the afterlife. Now, the interesting thing about the spirits, after they join their ancestors in the afterlife, they become the protectors of their families if and only if everything is done correctly. If not completed correctly, the spirits of the deceased meet another fate. According to Japanese beliefs, should a person meet a violent death like murder or suicide, or the last rites are not performed for the deceased, or the person is troubled by things like jealousy, anger, um, or other emotional stress and trauma, the fate of the deceased person's spirit is destined or doomed to become a yurei. And it is believed that the yurei have the ability to travel through the space between the dead and the living. And because of their circumstances in death, the yurei use this ability to come back and will haunt the place of their demise or will haunt and trouble the person of their emotional interest at the time of their death. Of course, the yurei is a general classification for this type of spirit. And within this classification, there are different types of yurei. Not that we need any more of a reason to be scared of the Japanese suicide forest. Now, in this episode, we've only scratched the surface of the Japanese suicide forest. There's a lot more that goes into this, and there's a lot more that goes into the Japanese belief in ghosts or the yurei. 
And there's different classifications of the urea. And we're going to dive into that on the next episode. And we're also going to finish up by looking at, you know, some of the things that the Japanese culture has been doing over the course of the years to try to um, reduce the amount of suicides. And some of the things that they do when they go look for those that have, have gone on and committed suicides within the forest. So I want you to join us on that next episode for the follow-up and finishing episode to the Japanese Suicide Forest. As always, thank you guys so much for coming by to hang out with us, just to give us a listen. And uh, It's always my hope here at the Bearded Guy Podcast that, that you, the listening audience, take something of value from each and every episode that we post, and I hope it stirs your curiosity a little bit to, to make you want to go out and research these topics that we, we bring to light for you. So I do thank you for your time. I thank you for taking... I know we're so busy and we're go, go, go all the time, but I thank you for taking the time out of your day to give me a listen And as always, I hope the the day finds you well, and I hope tomorrow finds you even better, and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead of you. Thank you again for listening, and until next time.